When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus essential plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. I don't know which one I want, but as for me to live as Christ, to die is gain. I prefer the version says to live as Christ and dying would be profit for me. I'm wrestling with like, ah, the fame is great and influencing people is amazing, but I'm torn because I kind of like my life in Austin where I was moderately famous, but I had all my friendships, but now I'm in LA and I'm maximally famous, but I'm by myself. Life is a journey, and most of it is spent in the in-between, in the middle places. But every once in a while, you find yourself on the other side of something. These are the stories we are telling here. We believe that stories change the world, and we hope that when you hear stories of lives changed, obstacles overcome, lives broken, lives mended, and hope found, you'll actually see yourself in their stories. Now more than ever, we need each other, and we need each other's stories. This is On the Other Side. Hey friends, we have made it to episode 12 of season two for On the Other Side. And I, I want to be honest for just a little bit. This season was filled with great conversations and behind the scenes, it was a little bittersweet for us because this is our last On the Other Side episode for the foreseeable future. We do hope to pick it back up, but for now, Aaron and I both will be focusing on the areas of ministry and work that God has called us to. We have loved sharing these unique On the Other Side stories with you all. It's why I started the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast in 2014, is to share stories that inspire and encourage. So today, for episode 12 of season two, I thought it would be great to share with you one of those exact conversations, a story from my friend Emmanuel Acho. Emmanuel was a guest on my podcast, The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey. It was episode 352. Emmanuel is a former NFL player. He also played right here in my hometown for the University of Texas Longhorns. He's the host of Speak for Yourself talk show, but most people know him from his viral YouTube series, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. And he also released a best-selling book by the same title, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, that I have raved about ever since it came out. And if you haven't read it, I think you should pick it up and read it ASAP. I can't think of a better way to close out on the other side than by sharing this conversation with Emmanuel. In today's episode, Emmanuel talks about looking back to find the beauty in the chaos of 2020, the lifetime opportunity of partnering with Oprah and writing his book in six weeks. You guys, can you even believe that? Six weeks. You know, when we did this interview, we talked a lot about what 2020 looked like for him with his book writing and and launching the YouTube show. And he talks very openly about what it has been like for him to be really just thrust into the spotlight and how he's handling it. 
and how his soul was handling that as well. I, I found this conversation to be profound in what fame can do and how we need to look at it. He also dives into the topics that we talked about on our family's episode of this YouTube show and what it really means to maintain black culture. If you haven't seen the Ivy family, we were featured on his show, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Check that out as well. You know, this is super personal for me, obviously, because if you don't know this, my husband Aaron and I, we were raising black children. And Emmanuel really challenged me when he said, you can raise a black child, but raise them white cultured. So we talk about that. You guys, here is uh, my conversation with Emmanuel Acho on the other side of success. Welcome to the happy hour. Yo, it's a pleasure to join you on the happy hour. You know, I've heard great things. I've seen great things. I've listened to great things. But now I get to be a part of such great things. <laughs> You're so kind. You're so kind. Well, we got to be a part of your great thing this summer. And I'm telling you, it will go down. And we're picking highlights of 2020. Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man is top three at least. Well, I'd like to think that there probably wasn't a ton of competition, Davey. <laughs> you know, like, if you would have told me this was a highlight of maybe any other year, I would have been like, oh, I'm honored. But like to be a highlight of like a low light year, you know, it's, it's a small accomplishment, I guess. It, I'll say. It's huge. But you know what, Emmanuel, I want to ask you this because I have been asking myself this because I have found myself so often going 2020 suck. I want to get out of it. Worst year ever. And again, there's a lot of truth to that. A lot of people lost jobs. There was a lot of craziness in our world, politically, racial unrest, all kinds of things. I also look back at my 2020 and can find a lot of beautiful things that happened. And so what is beautiful in your life looking back at 2020? You know, 2020, I think of that year and, and the one word that comes to mind is like catapult. Because when you think about a catapult, that instrument, you have to go back before you leap forward, before you're projected forward. And I think for me, the first half of 2020, the first three months really started with tragedy. My childhood pastor, his wife died, that is Lois Evans, uh, the mother of Priscilla Shire, for those that don't know, Anthony Evans, Dr. Tony Evans, et cetera. Um, and then I lost uh, a very close family friend. And so it was kind of like emotionally, occupationally, I was in between jobs. I took leaps and bounds backwards. And then God really catapulted me forward with uncomfortable conversations with the black man, both the video series and then the best-selling book. So when I think about my 2020, it wasn't a down year for me personally. Obviously, in our world, it was chaos, but I tried to find the beauty within the chaos. I think that's so good. That helps me is to do that in all kinds of life, whether that be my marriage, my raising kids, whatever. We jumped right in, and I want you to introduce yourself to our listener because we've known each other casually for a while, but we got to hang out this summer in the middle of COVID and have some uncomfortable conversations. But just like give a high-level view. Who's Emmanuel Acho? Emmanuel Acho is a former NFL player drafted by the Cleveland Browns in 2012 graduate from the University of Texas with a master's degree in sports psychology, now hosts a show as a sports analyst on uh, Fox Sports called Speak for Yourself. But most people would know me because of uncomfortable conversations with the black man, the, I guess, viral hit series uh, that started in 2020, which became an instant New York Times bestselling book on November 18th of 2020. I sat down with Matthew McConaughey, partnered with Oprah Winfrey on the book. And obviously I sat down with the Ivy family. <laughs> I told you guys top three, like it was like Emmanuel and Matthew, Emmanuel and Joanna, <laughs> Emmanuel and Oprah. What up? <laughs> Emmanuel and Jamie Ivy. <laughs> um, uh, no, let me speak to that though. Cause I know we're going to get into that later, but whatever. 
It's funny. My first episode was with Matthew McConaughey. My one of my first episodes was by myself. Second episode was Matthew McConaughey. Third episode with Chip and Joanna Gaines, reality stars. Fourth episode by myself again. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I sit down with you, Jamie Ivey, and your beautiful family. And I was scared. I'll be honest, Jamie. I'm going to tell on myself on this podcast because I was like, man, I love the Ivey family. I know Aaron Ivey from Austin Stone, love his music. I follow Jamie, love her work. But I mean, they don't necessarily have like Academy Awards to their yeah. name. Mm -hmm. And I was in the embryonic stages of starting a show. To give context to everyone listening, my first episode of Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man had 28 million views in like five days. Unbelievable. I wasn't a famous person. Like I played in the NFL, but like, it's not as though like I am like Denzel Washington. Right, right, right. Like, 28 million views is absurd. Like uh -huh. the nation's population is 400 million people, just to put that in context. Then my McConaughey episode, it gets like 8 million views. And my Chip and Joanna Gaines episode, I think gets like 5, 6 million views. So now I'm nervous because I'm like, uh-oh. Like, Jamie, I've never told you this before, I don't think. I was talking to Oprah after I sat down with McConaughey and Chip and Joanna. And Oprah said, Emmanuel, do not face your show. Because tr transparency, after McConaughey's episode, I was like, okay, do I get Jennifer Aniston right. on? Because her and I have yes. been talking. Do I get Reese Witherspoon on? Because her and I have been talking. And I call Oprah, and Oprah says, Emmanuel, do not base your show around famous people. Because she said this, eventually you'll run out of famous people. Right, right. I Oprah said, Winfrey. dang, Oprah. Then I, that stuck with me. That's so good. she said, base your show around good content. And Jamie, I'm sure we'll get into it, so I won't spoil the rest of it. But nonetheless, our episode ended up being a hit. Like, five million people saw it on Facebook alone. Another million on Instagram. A million point, like, eight on YouTube. It was, it just showed, that like, people love real, authentic, transparent mm. dialogue. And that is why I'm here. Yeah. Well, I loved that very first video of you by yourself and was, you know, so impressed by it. I want to talk about these conversations. You said you started this as just you looking into a camera. I've got something to say and you went with it and then it blew up and then it has led to your book, which I raved about. I read it already. It's a phenomenal book. I can say this now because we're past Christmas. I bought it for all of our adult family members. <laughs> and so they're getting your book in there. But when you started Uncomfortable Conversations, and I love the name, I think I heard you say somewhere that you weren't originally going to name it that. Did I read that in the book that is true i was originally gonna name it questions white people have <laughs> oh god terrible title but it was too literal i was yeah, like i yeah. know white people have questions let's call it questions white people have my dear white friend called me and she was like yeah you know what i think it's more of an uncomfortable conversation i'm like yeah that's too boring i was like huh well, I'm a black man. Oh, we'll call it uncomfortable conversations with a black man. That other ring to it. Done, done. Well, I want to ask you, like, in all reality, it's done. It's been a huge success. And I'm guessing that your motivation is to help white people understand questions that we might have about black people that would make us uncomfortable. So this is your premise here. What have been some of your great moments of thinking, this is why I do what I do in the past year, just through your journey of the video and the book itself? I'll say this. This is going to sound weird to the listeners. When you write a book, specifically if you write a book in six weeks, like I, I did. Like, I just cannot even believe that, first of all. <laughs> yeah, to, again, to put it in context, people spend 16 to 18 months working on a book. I can um, verify like, that to be true. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. When you do it in six weeks, Jamie, there are periods of time where I forgot I was writing a book. Right. Like I was just going through the process like, hey, Emmanuel, first manuscript needs to be done. Hey, Emmanuel, let's 
spoke up this anecdote here. I forgot, Jamie, that I was writing a book until like I saw people buying it and being like, oh my gosh, I was so moved by this chapter. And I was like, wait a second. I was like actually writing this for people to read. And so I think some of the most touching things are the fact that I think like 75,000 people have purchased it as of mid-December. The fact that like people are buying it for friends for Christmas. The fact that like it's in stores next to Obama's book. I'll end your question like this. After the first episode of Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man, I got an email from a 70-year-old white woman named Lynn. And she said, Dear Emmanuel, I grew up in rural Alabama in the 1950s, and I didn't go to school with any Negroes, she said. She said, but after watching your episode, I realized I still need to change. Please don't give up on me yet. I love you, my son and my brother. And Jamie, when I read that email, literally chills over my body, I almost began to cry because I was like, somewhere there's this 70-year-old white woman who grew up calling people Negroes and didn't go to school with Black people, watched this episode of this 29-year-old Black man, me, sitting in a chair, talking to a camera, and realized I need a change. And then she returned the terms of endearment by calling me her brother and her son. Mm. And I was just like, that's truly what we are. Like, we're all each other's brothers and sisters and sons and daughters and mothers and fathers. And like, that's what we are. So that one, Jamie, it really, it moved me. What has been the hardest part of being completely vulnerable? Because I mean, here's what's funny is before earlier when you were like, when Oprah told you that and you all of a sudden, because Emmanuel, everyone thinks Emmanuel was like famous before this happened. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And so even I'm like, oh, Emmanuel Acho, of course. Yeah, he NFL player, all the things. Has there been any difficultness in this catapult to fame that you've had? Because you have. I mean, let me, let me just say this. You were playing the NFL. That brings a level of famousness to it, no matter, like you talked about Instagram this week, no matter how many times you got cut, you forever on your resume, NFL player. Has it been hard having this all of a sudden fame, success? Everyone knows who Emmanuel Acho is now. Because you just told me you talked to Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. So <laughs> come on. Let me say this. There's a difference between fortune and fame. See, the NFL, it provides a lot of people with a fortune, but it doesn't necessarily provide you with a lot of fame. Mm. I am significantly more, quote unquote, famous now. Put this in context of social media, because that's the way so many of us live. May 31st, if May has a 31st, I don't know if it has a 30th, I didn't, April, June, and November. We don't like, even know what anything has this year. Yeah, like, yeah, whatever. If, if May <laughs> has a 31st, I had 41,000 followers on Instagram. By June 15th, I had 700,000. And it wasn't like I purchased them. Right. <laughs> like, let's, let's put that in context. So I am significantly more famous now, but true story. It's so funny. We have this call today. I called my homie, uh, Andy Minio, Christian hip hop artist from my dressing room today, because I was listening to the song on a repeat called Death of Me by Andy Minio for the last like 24 hours. And essentially it talks about I'm trying to make an impact, but at the same time, keep myself intact. Mm. There's a verse, and I tweeted it yesterday, and it says, Jesus retreated to speak with his father. I know that I need it. My career's been growing, but tell me where I'm going if my time with God is depleted. God, I'm sorry. I mean it. All I want to do is walk with you, but my priority's wrong. I talk about you more than I talk with you. And 
I felt that these last 24 hours and I had to call Andy, Christian hip hop artist who wrote that because I was like, bro, help. Mm -hmm. I was like, millions of people love me. Mm. Millions of people know me now, but like, it's lonely. Mm. And then I tweeted today and I said like, the toughest dichotomy is between success is what you have to give up in order to gain success. And I said, it will come with the cost. Make sure you can afford it. Mm. You're like, you're going to have to give something up to be successful. And it's come at a cost for me. And I've recently realized I've gone to the bank and it said insufficient funds. See, and I'm not talking about monetary because monetarily I'm as blessed as ever. Mm -hmm. But I'm talking about like the cost of success. I've had to pay the price. And that price has been loneliness. That price has been losing friendships. That price has been just solitary. And it's tough. And I'm wrestling with that right now. I've probably gone through my most lonely stage. Because, like, yeah, millions of people love me and message me. And, oh, my God, Emmanuel, like, near episode or this and that. But I'm like, you have it all, but you don't have anything. So it's definitely come with the cost. And this isn't like a woe is me moment. But when I called Andy, he said it's funny because so Andy, he partners with Lecrae. For those that may not know Andy Minio, he's at the top of the Christian hip hop game. And he's like, it's funny because people think it's just a figure of speech when it's like money isn't everything mm -hmm. until you get money. And you're like, no, 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 it's actually not everything. Yep. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, it's been difficult trying to navigate being famous mm -hmm. and being a celebrity and whatever it is that people want yeah. to say that I am. I don't know. I don't really care for it. I'm glad God's using me to impact people. It is cool that what I'm doing is transcending race, religions, mm -hmm. creed. But like, I don't know. It's not everything. Yeah. This is worth it though? Yeah, it's worth it. It's it's a close worth it, right? Because so I moved to LA and I lived in Austin the last 10 years. So I have like two friends in LA, legitimately, um, mm -hmm. like two of them. And mind you, LA is quarantined to the point of restaurants are not open for dine-in or eating outside. You have to take it to go. So I'm in a city by myself with two friends and I can't even go eat out. And like, I can't go hang out with young women that I don't already know. We're like, oh, all of a sudden, hey, what are we? You're in a relationship and I don't have time to meet dudes because I'm just too busy. And now I'm famous. So like, I don't know if people want to hang out with me for me or for the money and the fame. So like, it's weird, man. Is it worth it? Yeah, because it's cool to be a vessel that's used yeah. to help enlighten people. And mm -hmm. it's cool to be a vessel that's used for the moment, but like it comes with a cost. Kurt Franklin recently said something, gospel recording artist. He was doing an Instagram live with Lecrae. And he said, this was maybe early December. And he said, the wrestle is going on stage where thousands of people know you are enchanting your name, but then having to go back to a hotel room by yourself. He's like the solitary, the loneliness, the depths of despair and inner turmoil and the wrestling with sin that comes with that. And I was like, yo, Kirk, I feel mm. you. And then he, he just talked about like, but only in life are you really used when you're wrestling between something. He talked about Paul biblically and how Paul, and I read this today in Philippians 1, how Paul is like, I'm torn because I want to be with you, God, in heaven, but I know I can also be of use down here on earth uh, I don't know which one I want, but as for me to live as Christ, to die is gain. I prefer the version says to live as Christ and dying would be profit for me. I'm wrestling with like, ah, the fame is great and influencing people is amazing, 
but I'm torn because I kind of like my life in Austin where I was moderately famous, but I had all my friendships, but now I'm in LA and I'm maximally famous, but I'm by myself. I'm like, ah, I'm torn and I'm tormented by it. But I don't know. I, my life's not really my own. So it's just kind of like, use me and we'll go. Well, I mean, I think that this is a great insider insight into what it looks like for someone who actually is in so much of the public eye and you got thrown there this year. I mean, it's like you just picked you up and threw you into the limelight. And just as your friend who's been watching, A, I feel like I need to say I'm sorry you're lonely, but B, I also want to say like, you're doing a great job and the kingdom is greater because of Emmanuel's life in 2020. And so thank you for doing that. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. All right, let's talk about the episode that my family and I jumped on with you. Let me tell you this first real quick. You were being full disclosure. I'm going to say this as well. I was super, super, super nervous because, and I told you this beforehand, so it's nothing new, but for the listener, when you invited us on, I mean, I was like, yes, this sounds awesome. You know, I had these conversations for the past, you know, 15 years and for the past seven years on my podcast, this is not new to me, but I thought about my kids and I was like, my kids aren't having these conversations. I mean, they're just not. I'm not saying that my kids, three of them being black, aren't feeling these things because we know that they are. They're not on Instagram and Twitter and giving out ideas. And you assured me, you were like, Jamie, we're here to make everyone look good. And I was like, okay, I trust you. Like I trusted you with my kids. And I'm telling you, when Aaron and I look back and we think about that show, we always say the exact same thing and I could get a little emotional about it. I look at that show and I think I am so stinking proud of my kids. I was so proud of them, Emmanuel. So I guess this is my public thank you for inviting us on to be able to have those conversations. Oh, man, can we talk, like, take people behind the curtain? Well, first off with my episodes, it's interesting because I'm like, yo, you realize like millions of people will see this. (laughs) And the crazy thing is like, you don't know the millions. So I do an episode at the beginning of August with the commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell. And the commissioner of the NFL, most powerful person in sports, he calls me and he said, no call ID number. It's not like him and I were friends. He said, hey, Emmanuel, I've seen your episode on Comfortable Conversations with a Black Man. I said, what episode did you see? He said, I saw the adoption episode. I was like, mm. he said, I want to sit down with you. He literally sat down with me because he saw your episode because his dad, a senator at the time, wanted to adopt a Black child. And so the commissioner of the NFL, one of the most powerful men in America, was going to grow up with adopted Black siblings, was moved by your episode. So I can only imagine like how nerve-wracking it is, particularly because, Jamie, you know this, when you put yourself out there in the light for the world to see, people will criticize you. Everything, yes. 
and you might be able to handle it and Aaron might be able to handle it, but kids can get it too. Everybody gonna get this criticism. That was my thing. I was like, if you come after my kids to the people, I was like, when people come after my kids, that's when I'm like, oh no, no, no. I don't reply to mean comments on my Instagram or whatever. You talk about my kids, I'm coming after you. Yo, so like you really were putting yourself out there because like, I think 7.5 or so million people have seen that episode now across four platforms. And just like, it's risky. It's vulnerable. Thank, I'm grateful that you did it because it impacted so many people. People ask me to this day, Emmanuel, what's the most uncomfortable question you've ever asked or somebody's asked you? And I always reference your episode. And for those that don't know, I asked Jamie's now 13-year-old daughter story because uh-huh. um, I think she's had a birthday since. She has. <laughs> Yo, I was dying at asking this because the TV lover in me could not wait for this moment. I knew going into our episode, I was going to ask story, um, you all's beautiful black 13-year-old daughter, story, do you wish your parents raising you were black? <laughs> Can I, I say knew. something? <laughs> Please, go ahead. After you said it, I said... I don't know what she's going to say. And she very well could have said yes. And I want you to know, I would have been 100% okay with that. And I know you would have, but here's the kicker. The TV lover in me is like, if she says yes, she does wish her parents raising her were black. Like, uh uh-oh, music stops. (laughs) Tears are being shed. If she says no, she doesn't wish her parents raising her were black. She's happy, like, and loves her parents. as Tears are shed. I was like, either way, it's going to be a phenomenal moment. Unfortunately, it's at Jamie and Aaron's expense, but nonetheless, (laughs) it's going to be a phenomenal moment. And so whenever anybody asks me what's the most uncomfortable question you've asked or been asked, I always reference that moment. Because as soon as I asked story, I looked at you. (laughs) I was like, it doesn't matter what story says. Jamie's reaction will be priceless regardless. For those that don't know, answer. Story was like, I just want my parents to love me for me. Jamie started crying. Story started crying. Everyone started crying. It was, it was a moment. And I remember in that moment thinking that would be fine. That would have been an honest thing. And you know what, Emmanuel, she may get to be 21 and be like, that would have been nice to have had a black mom. (laughs) And I wouldn't blame her for that. I'd be like, I know I get it girl. So I thought it was an uncomfortable moment, but it was also beautiful. And it made me feel like I'm okay. If she says yes, I really was because I understand the dynamics of, I mean, I don't understand personally, but how difficult it must be to be raised by white parents who know nothing about what it means to be black. I want to tell you the number one question I got after our show aired was, and I can't remember, you'll have to correct me, if you mentioned it in a monologue, and and I'm fuzzy, I'm sorry about that. The number one question was, people would send me a message and say, what does Emmanuel mean by black culture? And, and, And honestly, I think I even texted you you after we were done. And the thing is, after you told me what you meant, I was like, oh, cool. I'm not saying we're awesome, but we're doing some of those things. So, and you go into this in your book as well, but will you talk about like, what does that mean, especially for listeners who are raising black children or raising children of another race? And honestly, Emmanuel, especially even for just people who see something that feels different than them, black culture. Like, so what do you mean by that? So I've even had to learn more myself since I've had that conversation. And I've realized that there is a difference between color and culture. Let me elaborate. I grew up in a Nigerian household, Nigerian culture. My parents came to America in the 1980s from Nigeria. So I grew up eating Nigerian food, um, rice and stew, uh, goat meat. 
I grew up listening to Nigerian gospel music. I listened, grew up going to Nigerian small groups, Nigerian church gatherings. I grew up with my parents wearing Nigerian attire. I grew up Nigerian cultured, but I was black. Then I went to a predominantly white high school and middle school, grades five to 12, St. Mark School of Texas, all boys school. You wear uniform, gray slacks, white button downs. So now I'm white cultured. I'm Nigerian cultured and I'm white cultured. What does that mean? Just viewing the world through the white lens, you know, talking and viewing things very whitewashed. I was very white cultured. But on Wednesdays and Sundays, I still went to church in the hood. And then I went to the University of Texas, played ball with black people and played in the NFL with black people. So now I was immersed in black culture. You watch different movies. You play spades differently. For those that don't know, card game spades. Ask a lot of your white friends and ask them what the high card or the trump card is. It might be the two of spades. It might be a heart or something arbitrary. Play with black people. Um, the high card will be the big joker. And then the next high card will be the little joker. You differentiate. I never knew that in my whole life. Okay, thank yes. you. There you go. Play, look, play with black people. Mind you, it depends on your deck of cards. There's a Sometimes the deck of cards will have a joker that's all black and says guaranteed, and it'll have a joker with color. And if you play with black people, the black joker is the big joker, right? Like there's different ways to play card games or Uno, or you have different meals at Thanksgiving. Y'all know the debates. You want sweet potato pie <laughs> or you want pumpkin pie. Like, right. There's just different things with black culture. So when I talked about make sure you keep your child's black culture and honor your child's black culture, it's remembering you can raise a black child, but raise them white cultured. So they will grow up their whole life like thinking they're white and questioning their blackness like I did as a kid when I went to St. Mark's and they would say, Emmanuel, you don't even talk like you're black. Emmanuel, you're not that black. Emmanuel, you're like an Oreo. Black on the outside, white on the inside. And so I just wanted you all, but more so those listening to understand, make sure you keep the culture of your children. That was the biggest challenge for me when we left there, honestly. There's so many things that I've been challenged as a mom raising black children, and that was really challenging to me, and I was encouraged by it. I mean, you know, like if you were to look at our family photos, I think that it's just funny to think that there's these... Aaron and I could not be more different, okay? So we're bringing all these differences to the table. I like, you know, 90s country, and he's going to listen to music I've never even heard of, then go down to ACL and watch it. I don't even go to ACL, and I'm going to go to football games, and he doesn't care. And then we have our kids, and they're all so different. And I look at our son, Amos, who's 15 and just strikingly handsome and fabulous. And the things that he's gravitating to are so much a black culture. And I'm like, I mean, there's a part of me that's like, how is that happening? And then I hope it's just that we're giving him good examples and that he's able to feel comfortable in that. I think that's what the big kicker is for white parents raising black kids. It's one thing to show them and allow them to be exposed to black culture. It's a completely other thing to say, you get to be that. Mm -hmm. And I think let's also be cognizant of this. There are positive and negative attributes of all culture. So just because you're going to expose someone to a culture like you ain't got to expose them to everything. <laughs> That's right. That's on every side, though. You're right. That's on every like my parents take me back to Nigeria when we go there for medical mission work. They're very cognizant of like, hey, we're not necessarily going to expose you to the worst parts of Nigerian culture. So it's not to say, let the children just run rushed and do whatever, but it's, <laughs> it's just to be like, Hey, let me make sure that you are aware of who you are. The parallel I drew, and I had to be very close in how I navigated it, but thankfully our listeners are educated and they did a great job of listening. I talked about Tarzan 
the movie we all grew up knowing and loving. And Tarzan was fully human. But remember, Tarzan did not realize he was human because he grew up amongst apes. It was not until Tarzan saw other humans that he was like, oh, wait a second, I am fully human. And so it's making sure that if you're raising white children as a black parent, if you're raising black children as a white parent, if you're raising whoever as whatever, you allow your child to fully understand, like, wait a second, I am who I am. Not to say your skin color defines you, but just to say, let me understand the culture in which I'm embodied. I love it so much. And I mean, there's so much biblical principle to that as well as like, you know, God says like in the end, when we all get to heaven, there's going to be every tribe and tongue is going to be represented. And so we get to be who we are eternally, which is beautiful and wonderful. And it makes us here while we're here to want to accept that. I appreciate you. I'm a fan of you, not in a weird way, but in a like cheering you on, let's run this race together type of person. So thanks for joining us. Amen. Thank you, my friend. It's always a pleasure. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. The toughest dichotomy of success is what you have to give up to gain it. It will come with a cost. Make sure you can afford it. Wow. That was powerful insider insight into what it looks like for someone who actually is in so much of the public eye. Today's show was mixed and edited by Aaron Campbell. Show notes were written by Abby Castell. Show graphics and videos were made by Rachel Ray. And the show is produced by Lindsay Sweeney. Please share this show with a friend if you loved it. It's how most people find out about podcasts. Thank you for listening to On the Other Side with Jamie and Aaron Ivey. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.